When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't, and I got it right this time with the record button. Brandon, how you doing? Fantastic. Uh, had first day of college classes today. We got that early bird schedule, if you want to say that. Got a few 8 a.m.s in there. Um, it's good, you know, having to wake up early and be productive. You know, everyone says it sucks. Real people just wake up early enough anyway, so, right? Like, If you're not getting that grind started, you're not trying. Yeah, look, I don't like having my class be the first thing to happen, but for, a lar- for large portions of the semester, or especially first semester, I was really good about getting up by like 7, 7.30. And forcing myself into, well, what I was trying to do for a while was put together a 40-hour work week to an extent, you know, say I'm going to do something productive from eight to four is pretty reasonable. And that's very much a way you can look at it at college and make it not, the work not look so scary. But yeah, if if you're willing to, if you want actually want to commit, you got to be getting up. I haven't wanted to come in much this summer, admittedly. Well, LJ, you know, having, I had to take an online class, so I had to commit and worked a, a job in a restaurant and did this. So, Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. The yeah. commitment 
is real well no and i know that you were also extremely busy as well oh, not to you, no, no 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 i because i just i it just dawned on me i was getting up up at seven every day for work yeah so <laughs> it's those off days those off days we had a real baseball job this summer let's be real now come on i mean yeah, did I even ever mention that? Yeah, I, I don't think so. You should talk about that for like a quick minute here, because this is our week eighteen power ranking show, by the way. Yes, this is week. This is the week eighteen power rankings show. If you couldn't tell that from the first three minutes, um, make a long story short, I worked in the communications staff for the Perfect Game Collegiate Baseball League, one of the top ten college summer leagues. Top five. Top five. Top five. Um. It's certainly the best in the Northeast outside of the Cape Cod League that you can find. And yeah, so I spent the whole summer working with their social media, working on their website a ton and putting together some great content for them. Very fun, exciting, got to travel a lot of different places. And yeah, it was a really cool experience. And just being able to get back around the game firsthand for the really the first time since COVID was just so special. Like being able to be down you know, in the dugouts, on the field, really, yeah, it's the first time since 2019 that I've been able to say I was around the game in that perspective, from that level, and it just, it felt good. And not to mention, I mean, the quality of play that you're seeing relative to the age is quite incredible. I mean, these are legit college players who I'm sure, or I know for a fact that the perfect game collegiate baseball league has a good chunk of of mlb alumni in there oh massive chunk we had i believe it was 15 drafted this year wow okay yeah i could be wrong it was uh, it was up in the mid 10s in terms of draftees this year from this is the northeast like they can't even play for four months out of the year up here and kids still want to come up here during the summer to play because the talent is that good. And I'll tell you, it's amazing. Honestly, my one of my favorite parts, and this is another similarity that the baseball sphere is kind of sharing with the soccer sphere, where it isn't the same teams that are constantly there. The Power Five does not own the entirety of the quality baseball players in the same way that they do with the quality football players and the quality basketball players. It's a lot more spread out because of the ton of the guys, you know, you want to go the Juco route. You want to go somewhere where maybe you're not going to have to commit yourself for all four years right away. You can audition and try to get into one of those power five programs. You can easily see guys performing. There are plenty of guys performing that are from junior colleges, local community colleges, a couple of them that perform better than some of these D1 guys on this level, just because, again, there's, it's not about where you're from. It's about what you're willing to put out there, the work you're willing to put in and the quality of performance you want to put out there. I mean, it's like the best pitching performance I saw all year came from a kid from Brown. Wow. An Ivy league school. Yeah. I mean, how, how much do you know about Brown baseball? Well, I don't know much about Ivy League sports in general other than there's no scholarships. Yeah. That's that that's what I know. No, I mean, a great opportunity for you. I know that you loved it. You were texting us all the time because we have a few friends that are on to much bigger and better things now. Um 
but were working for the PGCBL for a little bit there. Um, just, you know, we are so lucky to be in the Northeast, especially where we are, because the baseball talent, LJ, just think about our local high schools over the last, like, 10 years. Mm. I, I mean, you could go 15 years. You're talking about a guy like Tommy Canely, who was at one point like a legit high leverage reliever for the Yankees, went to a school that's literally like 35 minutes away from us. Like we've made that drive so many times. Like Shaker is it's just not far from from where we are. Not at all. No, again, and we always talk about uh, Ian Anderson and guys like that. It's How about a Garrett Whitley, who got drafted by the Rays in the first round a few years ago, he's still in the minors battling, trying to get up. He's still good enough to be in the minors. Like, and that's the thing. Yeah, these guys are really good in the minors, but they're so replaceable, especially if you didn't have a big signing bonus. Like, you're so replaceable. And to still him still be floating around after however many years it's been. I mean, you look at a guy like your mean Mercedes spent 10 years in the minors before he got called up. Yeah, it's all it's, about the grind and the PGCBL is a perfect, a perfect example of where you can go to see that. And it's all about, yeah, it's not even just that for us. I think a bigger thing for me is overall, there's a high standard of play, maybe not necessarily compared to the athletes that you're going to see in other parts of the country. Like, the baseball skill is going to be much better in the places that are able to play year-round. But we still find a way time and time again to put high-quality competition out on the field every single year. And so even if these guys aren't making it to the majors, who really cares? Because we're able to see some really dominant baseball from these guys if you know where to look each and every year. And if we're talking about other guys who could 100% be playing baseball and have been ba- playing baseball at a high level, let me remind you that uh, your your dear Syracuse buddy, Joseph Gerard III, was batting 450 when he quit baseball back in middle school to pursue his travel basketball duties. I'd say he's doing all right at basketball. Oh, he's doing all right at basketball, but that's going to be – that's a that's a what-if that I – uh. Would have always would always be interested to see how it played out if he well LJ, I have a what if. Would Syracuse have a would we have an appearance in a bowl game if he was our quarterback? Because um, we're terrible. How close were you at any point in the last three years? We needed like one win out of our last four games last year to have a chance to get selected and we lost all of them. So yes. If we're talking about the difference of one game, this guy is – he's the most talented quarterback I've watched at that age, at that stage. I mean, I, I – Over three years of writing and plenty more years watching sports, I saw plenty of them. But, again, a guy who can lead a team to two state titles, play safety and quarterback at a high level, and then have a guy – honestly, that was the biggest show of what he did for that program – their quarterback, starting quarterback next year also started as safety. So basically just replaced Joe entirely. He was in many respects a big part of some of their losses. Like the gap between the next best guy coming after him 
and him was so great. And that's not to take away from, I forget who it was that was starting for them. He was good. He just wasn't the transcendent level that Joe was. The is he too small for the level? Been... Yes. Sorry. Is he, Could his hands might be, be an issue? I know we always talk about quarterback hand size, but this, in this case, possibly. But he could win you a game. LJ, the amount of people that just had no idea what we were talking about. The list yeah. Is, is for all for for our, uh, I believe we're still charting top five in Japan and top five in uh, what was it, Hong Kong? I can't remember. Off the check, off the check. But either way, we're still up there. We apologize. Um, if you're looking for a little bit more of a deep dive into the American youth sports scene, maybe we can we can tackle that in the off season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, dude who goes to my college went to high school 15 minutes away from us. Super um, athlete. LJ grew up around him. Um, super athlete. We both shut, shut him down in one seventh grade basketball appearance. I'm just going to say. I can bring we, Papa LJ on to talk about that if we want to at some point. But We both watched him in high school. Both play football and basketball at an extremely high level. And he just happened to play some baseball when he was younger as well. But LJ, we have week 18 power rankings. This is usually one of our longer shows in general. <laughs> and we have probably already gone 10 minutes right now. Um, 10 minutes is very generous. Run, LJ, I'm going to run 30 through 20 um, because there's not much change here. Every single team in my 20 through 30 stays the same they do there is a little bit of movement amongst them but that bottom 11 is the same teams from last week nationals at 30 a's at 29 pirates move back a spot to 28 royals move back two spots to 27 and those teams move back because the tigers i moved from 28 to 26 they won a series against the angels they split against the Giants. And then who did they beat, LJ? Who was that? Oh, the Rangers. The Rangers. They, Rangers in two out of three. I moved the Tigers up two spots to number 26. The Reds move up a spot to 25. Rockies, Angels, and Cubs stay the same at 24, 23, and 22. Marlins at 21, Rangers at 20. I swapped them from last week's rankings. Yeah, I only ended up with one change in my bottom 20. This is... Bottom 11. Bottom 11? Bottom 11, yes. Bottom 11. Um, Yeah, this is, again, a group that's solidified itself, to say the least, at this point. I feel like all of my opinions might be even too strong on this group at this point. And I can maybe see two two spots that can really I could see changing by the end of the year. Going starting at thirty, I've got the Nationals, the A's at twenty nine, the Reds at twenty eight, the Tigers move up one slot with the Rays with the Reds to twenty seven, the Pirates stay at twenty six, Rockies twenty five, Royals twenty four, Cubs twenty three, Marlins twenty two, and Angels twenty one. The Diamondbacks rounded out that group at 20. The only spots that I can really see this of the, or at least of the bottom 10 moving are the Angels and Marlins. I can't quite sort out my feelings between the two teams. 
Because well, the Yanks got a series against the Angels this week. So, I mean, I think we'll get a little bit of clarity, especially after how the Angels just played, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and they're just – both teams just fit very uh, – almost the same mold, just with different positions. Where – or even not even positions. It's the same mold between the two where they just can't figure it out to get the full well-rounded depth that it takes to compete. But I just can't decide who I actually like more in a series. And I guess, you know, the edge right now with how they've played goes to the Angels. And the other spot is this Tigers-Reds um, A's. You know, if the A's put in a couple more wins, I think they jump into that conversation where it could be 27 through 29 that's up for grabs. But that'll, of course, remain to be seen. All right. Well... Let's go 19 through 15. I have the Diamondbacks at 19, Giants at 18. They both stay the same from last week. White Sox at 17, Red Sox at 16. They flip spots, and the Twins stay idle at 15. Um, I, I now have the Red Sox three spots higher than LJ. We certainly talk about the Red Sox and Yankees a lot on, on this show. I certainly understand that. But I just feel like Boston, you know, you look at their run differential and it's like their expected win-loss. They've actually gotten lucky this year. I don't know. I can. Ju- I feel like I can justify them as the 16th best team in the league. And Unfortunately, well, actually not unfortunately, but just what a lot of sports leagues should look into, but they never will. Maybe outside of the top, like, few teams, LJ, the teams aren't very good. So having everyone make the playoffs might not be a good idea. Just a thought. Like, just a thought. Again, this goes into, you know, not to bring this back down to other sports, but this is a more benign microcosm of this whole suspension thing that we're seeing in the NFL where you got um, that arise a guy and you got Deshaun Watson, let's use Deshaun Watson getting six games, eventually getting 11 games, but starting with the six. Meanwhile, for truly just awful acts and things that shouldn't be tolerated, certainly don't look good on their game. Then you have Calvin Ridley, who did something that actually could physically affect the sport and he gets kicked out for a year in terms of what was actually a worse thing to be done. There's a very clear difference and it's definitely not Calvin Ridley, but they only care about what affects them. That's the only thing that matters to the NFL. It's the oh, only yeah, thing... They don't care if their players go and kill people. Like literally they, they don't, don't care if their, their players go out and kill themselves. And that's the, that's the toughest part about it. And all they care about is that bottom line. And only one of those situations affected their bottom line. That's the one that got the full season. It's the same thing you're going to see as ML- the MLB is going to keep pushing and pushing for more playoff spots because they'll get more TV revenue from the playoffs. They'll get more team, more franchises and fan bases interested in their teams late in the season because they've got a chance to make the playoffs. And that's all that matters to them is getting that extra money, not any of the integrity of the competition. I ended up actually moving the Red Sox down this week. Look, 
like it or not, you're 100%. They're lucky to be here. This is a very salvageable offense with, again, some holes, but a strong core. This is one of the most atrocious bullpens I've ever seen in my life. And they actively tried to make it worse at multiple points. I would point directly to the move of Garrett Whitlock to the starting rotation, which, mind you, this guy's a 2.90 ERA. What do we think his ERA is if he never left the bullpen? I oh, think it's two max. Well, well, LJ, like in the playoffs last year, he was coming out of the bullpen. Like in the most important games of your season, you guys were using him out of the bullpen. So I feel like you just have always thought he's a bullpen guy. No. No, actually, the team has always thought he is a future starter up until... So why was he coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs? Because they didn't have him in the... They, he wasn't ready. They didn't have him stretched out. What they mm-hmm. were using him as is they were basically taking... Think David Price. You okay. know, you He comes in as the super long reliever who, you know, the top top end long reliever who's going to give you two shutout innings every time out. That was his role last year. Their plan was stretch him out here and then give him the starting opportunity next year. All of a sudden, they desperately needed a closer. Put him in as the closer. He's doing great. Then decide to say, oh, screw that. We're just going to put him in the rotation because we need the help there. And plummeted the bullpen into the ocean. Past him and Schreiber, there's nothing redeeming about this bullpen. No. Absolutely nothing. You know, Ricard Sawamura, I, like, LJ knows, and he literally says on the show that I have a fetish for the Japanese-born and just, like, Asian-born players. That dude blows, LJ. Well, Brandon, lucky for you, guess who got cut yesterday? No way. They actually cut him? They cut him. Completely released. Or designated for assignment, but... He's not coming back to this team. Uh, him, like and, him and Austin Davis both went. They're bringing in to, for a trial run. Caleb Ort and Zach Kelly are both coming up to just give some form of difference of impact to this group, put some life into it. But look, Matt Barnes, give him one more shot, please. Just for my sake, I need it inject Matt Barnes into my veins. But past that, there's nothing redeeming there. And this is a starting rotation that has not been healthy ever. When healthy, when right, this is a decent group. You know, you give me Evaldi, Waka, Hill, and uh, Pavetta, maybe sprinkle some, maybe sprinkle Chris Sale's three starts a year into there. I'm happy with that. Very happy. But no, I mean, then go, going forward, here's the thing, thing that really bugged me, and I knew we were going to spend some time on this because the Ken Rosenthal tweet today officially made clear, according to Ian Kennedy, did I see, um, <clears throat> did I say Ian? I meant Sam. Yes, you did Ian say Ian Kennedy is the second baseman. Um. Uh, not second baseman. That's Ian Kinsler. Ian Kennedy is the closer on the Phillies. No, Arizona now, right? Arizona. Yes. 
Um, either way, Sam Kennedy tells Ken Rosenthal that Heim Bloom and Alex Cora are both going to be remaining for next year. I think that's a that was a very a, incredibly valid question to ask about Heim Bloom. I'm disappointed, and this is more an indictment on Heim Bloom. The fact that Alex Cora not returning is even in question. I don't care that this is a bottom of the of the division Red Sox team. This is a guy who has gotten you to in the last five years, five years, four years. Five years. No, in, four. In four seasons of as a manager, he has gotten you to an ALCS and a World Series. Now, there's plenty of guys that are regarded as really good managers that it takes them 10 years to get to a single ALCS. Dusty Baker hasn't won a World Series yet. So, and I, I know there's a lot of bad managers that have done it too, but that's by no means the case with Alex Cora. Alex Cora shouldn't be blamed for the fact that he was given three good relievers this year, one of which hasn't seen the field. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's not his fault that his rotation can't stay healthy. And it's not his fault that the lineup has been in turmoil all year because you won't resign, resign any of your stars. The team has a general clear lack of trust in the front office, proven by the way that they very negatively responded, even vocally responded, to this trade deadline where you did absolutely nothing to fix your power issues. And, oh, yeah, here's a little friendly reminder. You know, your biggest issue with this lineup, the one thing you need to bring in, you know, maybe a little bit of pop. And, gee, you know what would have probably gone a long way with that? Not letting go of 70 home runs between Kyle Schwarber and Hunter Renfro. That's just two good places to start in terms of getting out of the 19th team in home runs this season. So these are all roster construction issues that have created this problem for them. It's bad luck in roster construction. I don't see why there's any reason to even sniff at Cora's job at this point. Drives me nuts that that it even was discussed. All right. Well, let's keep... Oh, LJ, can you take us uh, 19 through 15 for you? Yes. Um, I've got the Red Sox at 19. The Rangers move up to 18, mostly because of the Bloom news. Just pissed me off right before I put this list together. Uh, White Sox hang at 17. Then we got the Giants falling back to 16. And the Blue Jays come down to 15, right where they belong. I'm going to go through my next, uh, my 14 through 10, my next five. Um, We're going to go with the Brewers at 13 or the Brewers at 14 Orioles at 13 they flip spots from last week um the Guardians moved down three spots from number nine to number 12 
Toronto moves down four spots from number seven to number 11. And the Mariners drop two spots from number eight to number 10. I will get to the teams that surpassed all of them in a few minutes. However, just want to say for the Mariners and Guardians, even though I dropped them a few spots, it is not because I'm against what they have done lately in terms of their play. Oh, so it what is... happened to the Guardians jumping significantly in your rankings? As no, your... no, no. I said they were at nine. I said they could. I said they that they won't be dropping very far if they do. However, I had to drop Toronto from seven to eleven. I mean, that was pretty obvious. But should have dropped them farther, but. When I get to the three teams that I moved ahead of them, I I just feel like that I'm in a better position take wise when it comes to that. Okay. But yeah, I mean, look, Orioles are better than the Brewers at this point, and that's a crazy statement if you told me that on opening day. But you know, the Brewers. I really feel like the best I can put them at is 14, and that's a 67-win team. They might not even make the playoffs at this point, the Brewers. With this starting rotation, it is almost embarrassing that you're not making the playoffs. Corbin Burns is pitching insane again. Brandon Woodruff is still good. This is the guy that LJ ranked number three on his starting pitcher list. And he honestly hasn't done anything to make him want to move down very much after this year. I mean, it's it's a very productive season. It's one of the more underrated back halves, I will also say, because he was and not good been, for the first two months. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt. He's missed quite a few, quite a few starts this year. You throw in Freddie Peralta and Eric Flower, who we've both seen throw gems multiple times before. I just don't understand how year after year after year, the offense still can't even be top 10 in runs. It's just, it's, it makes no sense. You're 12th in runs right now, 22nd in batting average, 9th in OPS, which is good, but you're not, getting hits when it matters. It's like the 2021 Yankees. I don't care how good their team OPS was. When there was runners on second and third, they weren't doing anything. And I feel like I have no stats to back it up. But if you're ninth in OPS, then you're somehow 12th in your run scored. I just feel like that there's that they're not coming through when it matters. No, you're right. But I don't know. There's just, for me... I feel like there's more liability for special games, and that's what matters in a postseason series. You know, you've got plenty of guys. You've got all these guys with such great pop in this team lineup that that's going to just help you more and more down the line. That's that's the way I look at it. I just think, and really more it's a matter of I just want to see more out of Baltimore is the reason I put them between. Because don't get me wrong, I can't act like I didn't think about them. And, you know, for me, it was a toss-up, really, between the Orioles and the Twins. And really what it came down to was both, you know, who was where first. Am I going to necessarily 
that was a lot of distance for or the Orioles to make up for me. They need just a little bit more, and I know that probably sounds crazy, but give me honestly, give me another prospect. If if Gunnar Henderson could come up right now and make a genuine difference, all of a sudden we're talking about the game changer that could push them towards right up near top ten. Like if he can just be that spark for this offense, I feel like they can make they will make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs whether they have one big push or not, but they'll be a legitimate playoff team. If they can just give me one more push, one more good stretch of 10 games where they look like a playoff team, they look dominant. That's what's going to sell, sell me on this team. And I think a roster change might need to happen to get that extra kick. And it's not Grico Garcia. All right, um, LJ, can you take us through your 15 or 14 through 10? Yep, I've got the Orioles at 14, the Twins at 13, the Brewers at 12, the Padres at 11, and the Phillies moving on up to 10. I'll stop on the Phillies now because I know I've been a Philly hater, I back that take. You know, this is a team that has seen a lot of slow parts, but they haven't slowed down in a very long time. I feel like, you know, 72 and 56, this team's firing all cylinders and they just got back one of the top five players in the game. I'm starting to believe. I'm really starting to believe the group. If they don't... If they don't catch the Mets in the first round, then this team has a decent shot at making a run. I'm fully in line with you, and I'll do 10 through 6. Mariners at 10, they move up, uh, or they move back two spots. I I was talking about them earlier. That's right. Padres at 9, they move up two spots. Rays at 8, they move up four spots. Phillies at seven who move up three spots. The Cardinals at six. We'll start with the Phillies. Um, I mean, you're talking about in the last seven days, you won six in a row. I mean, they they lost yesterday or they they lost on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday last week they didn't lose a single game. And yeah, they played the Reds and the Pirates. But I've seen some of the best teams in the league drop games to these teams at home. So the Phillies are winning the games that they're supposed to. They're playing in Arizona tonight. They're already winning right now. They're just getting absolutely hot when they need to. And I think we've talked before that the Phillies are the most volatile team or one of the most volatile teams on our rankings i mean to start the year the first two weeks lj had the phillies at number 23 um at one point week eight i had them at number 20 so for me to have them up 13 spots and that was after two months into the season just shows how good the phillies have been um really over the last two and a half months so i am um fully behind pulling them number seven. As and don't for the forget record, that they have the best backup catcher in baseball. 
Garrett Stubbs. Um, Sir Garrett, that's Sir Garrett Stubbs to you. As for Tampa, who I move up four spots, um, I mean, they are just always a scary team. Look at their last week. Three out of their last, like, few series. It was two out of three against Baltimore, two out of three against the Yankees, three out of four against Kansas City, a four-game sweep against the Angels, who then went on to beat the Blue Jays right after that four-game series. And sure, they only took one out of three at the Red Sox, but yesterday they scored 12 runs. Isak Paredes hit two home runs, I think. Um, Just a team, another team firing on all cylinders, and it was finally time for me to realize that and uh, move them up. They're they're playing hot. Philly's playing hot. San Diego's playing hot. That's why they moved from 11 to 9. Nothing against the Guardians, but these teams are just winning – the, these games when it matters like yeah it's the dog days of summer it's the dog days for everybody teams still win these games and the, and the teams that are consistently winning i think now really show me that they have something together um and just completely re- ready to fire in the postseason i mean as of right now i think that this postseason especially with the additional teams in it it's just shaping up to be an unbelievable thing to watch on TV. And, I, I, you know, I'm, of course, biased because baseball is clearly my favorite sport. But I don't know how, uh, you know, just watching these games, there's so many storylines, so much going on. And now you add more teams to the whole picture. Um, I am so excited. This comes approximately 20 minutes after we said that more playoff teams is bad. But it's, I get okay. I get okay, what you're but, but if the NCAA tournament said that they were going to add like a few more teams, would you be mad? It's like, no. And look, I understand that I said the playoff teams are bad, but from a viewer perspective, it it will make it better just because of how I – everyone knows how I view the MLB playoffs. It's a crapshoot. It's a coin flip. All a GM wants to do is get to the playoffs for me. And once you're there, anything goes. That's how I view it. And you can hate me for that take, and there's probably a lot of people that do, but that's just how I see it. That's just how I view baseball. Yeah. No, I agree. It's – um. You're right on there, but I wanted to touch on the Rays here because, you know, really my question for me, for myself here was, all right, I'm moving them up, but I've always had them in that middle of the pack area where they're, you know, the unconvincing playoff team section. What changed to put them into the top 10 for me? I think it was just a acceptance. You know, you look at this group and nothing's changed. You, this is still a bottom half team in terms of run production. This is still a bottom half team in just about every offensive statistic you could ask for. But the pitching is still there. And I think if eventually we had to just accept this team for what they are. Like, we should have known ages ago that this is what it was because it doesn't matter how many runs this team scores, they're going to find ways to win games. 
That's just the way the Rays work. And we've finally accepted the fact that it doesn't matter how good or bad this offense looks on paper. They're going to find the way. Life finds a way. And so will the Rays. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, oh, my, my top, ten, my 10, ten uh, through six, or nine through six, whatever it is. Got the Rays here at nine, the Mariners at eight, the Guardians at seven, and the Cardinals at six. I don't know. I keep, I keep making all my takes before I do my list. I'm all turned around tonight. Well, on to the top five. My top five does not change very much from last week. We got the Yankees at number five. You know, things were starting to go well for the Yankees. Um, I think it was five in a row they had won. They swept the Mets. Um, I kind of thought that these struggles we had in in August were going to be in the rearview mirror, but two really disappointing losses to the A's in Oakland. Um, Saturday and Sunday were just brutal. Um, now we got, I mean, we're on the road in Los Angeles, and I'm pretty sure we got to go right to Tampa after this series. So, you know, a team that I'm scared of facing, definitely. I have to make the Yankees number five still. Number four is the Braves. Um, They lost to the Cardinals on a great Sunday night baseball, actually. A fantastic game. Um, six to three, Dansby Swanson, huge homer in that game. Um, and, you know, Atlanta really had a chance to shrink that gap in the NL East. The Mets lost on Sunday. They'll still enter the week three games back. Um they're 56 and 23 since the beginning of June. So, uh, you know, I don't have much to say about the Braves. They've been the hottest team in the league since then. But LJ, your number five and number four are exactly the same. Yep. I've got the uh, Yankees and Braves, just not enough to push them into this next group. Oh my gosh. We finally agree on something. Top six all goes the same. Oh, oh, wow. I did not realize the change you made. Okay. Um, well, I can't wait for that. Let me just run through number um, three. But no, from... actually, I had I had more. Oh, fun. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, Yankees. I've stuck up for this team for a while. And certainly, I think probably longer than Brandon expected me to. And I still think the talent is there for a playoff run. With that being said... I feel like it's only fair to to ask. Are they closer to four or six for you? Because in my head, the the, lo- the longer this train wreck keep goes on, the farther and farther it pushes um, them away from being in that top, that big five, and turns it into a big four for me. And I think that's almost closed if they don't have a good week this week. They're closer to six. But all right, number three, the Houston Astros. I moved them back a spot. I moved the Mets up to two. Um, you know, the one time that I thought LJ would be like praising me for moving the Mets up. I mean, we're gonna get to his power rankings, but Astros at three, 
look, great start to the week. They they swept the Twins. This is a big homestand for Houston um, this week. But Baltimore took two out of three in the series this weekend. The Astros scored four runs the whole series. Um, they got two against Texas and then three against the Angels. They might be without Justin Verlander. And I wanted to move the Mets up a spot to number two. So that's why I put the Mets at two and the Astros three. As for the Mets, they went three and three. Of course, talked about that um, sweep they suffered in the Subway Series. But they took three out of four in City Field um, over the weekend. Um, you know, they almost won Sunday. Max Scherzer pitched absolutely fantastic, but they their their bats went silent against the Rockies' greatest pitcher in franchise history, Herman Marquez. It was a one nothing loss. So, very admirable um, performance by the Mets this week, and it was enough for me to finally have them leapfrog the Astros. But um, LJ, take us through your top three because for the first time. The entire season, you have ranked the Dodgers over the Mets. Is this actually the first time? The very first power rankings where you have done that. Ultimately, again, it was one of those situations where you can only defend them so much, right? And I don't think they're far off that top spot right now. But for me, dropping that Subway Series was a huge blow, especially with how in need that team was for a big win and a big run at that point in time. They didn't get it. They bounced back tremendously, but the Dodgers still don't won't slow down. So they just don't lose. They never lose, LJ. I don't understand. Well, they do uh, lose. They like, are seven the one and three. That- Every like ten days they lose. It's it, it's insane. It is insane. And again, I still I trust in this Mets. Um, not pathology. Uh, the system. I trust the process with the Mets. Maybe a little more than I should, and so that's why I still don't see them far off. But they've just the Dodgers have been a speeding train behind them for so long. And it just took them turning off the road a little bit against the Yankees for them to finally get past. Because you look at things statistically, and I've been fighting the stats for what I saw with my eyes for a very long time. And it just couldn't go on any longer for now. It's not hard. Again, it's not hard for them to play themselves back into that spot for me. Well, Dodgers are number one for both. For both of us for me the beat goes on and now for lj he's got quite the big choice to make every monday now with what he's going to do with the dodgers and the mets at one and two um so they're 50 games over 500 lj and there's three teams that still haven't even won 50 games the whole season um They're on pace for 113. They, you know, they're probably not going to get that 116. But I'm not counting anything out for the Dodgers, so. 
No, it's hard to bet a, bet against them. I just it's hard to bet on that too because if they're smart, they'll do something like the Yankees did. Maybe you know, maybe only for like the last week of the season. You know, maybe let's uh, rest up the team a little closer to the end rather than take a month off in the middle. But that I think could also nail in the coffin for any like 110 win team talk. All right. Well, LJ, is that it for today? Yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, any other social media we're on at MLB Daily Pod. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 